and welcome to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Erin Bishop. I am the event planner for Way Up North and also the host for this season's podcast series. Today, we're going to be chatting with Anna Cooperberg, one of our speakers coming up in Stockholm to get a bit of an idea about who she is, what she does, and what to expect from her at the show. All right. So Anna Cooperberg, not Anna, Anna, right? Hi, Erin. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking a bit of time to chat with us. Um, so you're coming to Stockholm. Have you been there before? Um, I lived there. You did? Yeah, when I was a kid. I was born in Sweden. That's amazing. Okay, so... I lived in Stockholm for three years. So do you, and then do you speak... immigrated to the U.S. Do you speak any Swedish? I don't. I did, but I lost it. Yeah, so you did like when you were three. Yeah. But you don't even remember like cat or dog or anything like that? No. No. <laughs> Fair. No. And when I've been to Sweden as an adult, it's not even like it doesn't even, that doesn't sound familiar. Sometimes, you know, people ask you, what's your very first memory in life? And for me, it was getting a bike on my fourth birthday. So I've accepted for all people, no one remembers anything before four. So that doesn't mm. surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember events. I just don't remember Swedish language. Mm -hmm. Do you speak any other languages? I speak Polish. Okay. I mean badly, but that's my first language. Okay, okay. So are you are you from Poland? You said you're born in Sweden. Um yeah, well, my parents went from Poland to Sweden and then I was born in Sweden. Um so I spoke Swedish and Polish until I was three, and then we came to the States and I learned English and um, immediately forgot Swedish and kept speaking Polish until I was maybe six. Right. And then it kind of, I kind of, I didn't keep it up. So. It, it just goes away. I don't speak Polish that well either. Yeah. I, I recently downloaded like a language app because I used to speak French quite fluently and I'm shocked at how fast it, it disintegrates away to wherever it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Polish is still in my brain somewhere and which means that if people are speaking Polish, it'll come back to me, mm -hmm. but I don't have that experience with Swedish. Like they'll speak Swedish and nothing comes back to me. Interesting. <laughs> like, that doesn't, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's like it's in there somewhere, but the highways have eroded away. So you yeah, can't I've been it. told yeah. that I spoke Swedish on a three-year-old <laughs> level as well as a Swedish three-year-old, but you know, which is already not very much. But okay, so we, we know that you once knew Swedish and now forgot it. Um, that might be all anyone knows about you at this point. So for people who have not heard of you or seen your work, um, tell us like a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, um, I am a photographer. I live in San Francisco. You can, if you haven't seen my work, you can see it at my website, which is cooperberg.com. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooperberg with a K and it is, um, I mostly shoot kids and families and I've been doing it for 25 years. And first I started, well, I started I went to arts. I mean, I wasn't, I was a photography major in college and then I went to get, um, an MFA. Mm -hmm. So I went to undergraduate at Washington university in St. Louis and I got my MFA at the San Francisco art Institute. And then I worked as a photojournalist freelance, 
um, while occasionally shooting weddings. And then um, kind of like around 2005, just became full-time wedding photographer and then picked up um, what I'm currently doing, which is photographing kids. I like kind of picked that up as a natural outgrowth of the wedding business because people would get married and then have kids and hire me to photograph their kids. And then turned out I really liked that. So nice. Um, and I'm, yeah. And I like kids and, and dogs. Um, so I have like a whole dog section of my website as well. Yes. I noticed that. That was the first thing I noticed because I'm a dog mom, not a human mom. Are you a human, yeah. are you a human mom or a dog mom? No, I have a dog and a cat. Okay, nice. As it should be. I have that also. As it should be. Yes, a bit of everything. Okay. And so how did you go how did you go from from human kids to fur kids? Huh? <laughs> like how did you start? I never have any no, human no, no. Kids. How did you start photographing dogs? Oh, backwards. <laughs> no, I photographed well, I started photographing dogs um yeah, no, I didn't go from. I okay. started ph- photographing dogs because my, you know, I we got a puppy in 2001. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just for fun, taking pictures. This was on film, right? With my Hasselblad, taking pictures of um, all of my dog's friends, because he had a lot of friends. Yeah. We had to, you know, he needed, he was a puppy, so he needed a lot of exercise. And we would go, um, to the dog park every day and I'd hang out with them and I figured, well, I'm spending 45 minutes every morning. Anyway, I'm going to just take pictures of, of all him and all his friends. So then I had this like kind of a big portfolio of dog pictures that wasn't client work. Um, so I just decided to put that on my, that was before I like put weddings on my website. <laughs> nice. Okay. Like a, there was like a dog section on my website and, um, then as I said, in 2005, I, fo- I started focused on weddings and then there was like a dog section and a wedding section and maybe a kid's section. I can't remember that early, early, early on, but it was, it was definitely, um, it wasn't even like I had clients. I just like pictures of dogs, you know, but once I put it on there, then people started hiring me to photograph their dog. Yes. Um, and more than that, it made, um, you know, like if somebody was getting married, they would hire me because they like dogs and they <laughs> had dogs in their wedding or in their engagement shoot. Um, and now it's kind of a good, you know, usually if I'm photographing a dog, it's in the context of a family shoot. So mm. they'll hire me to photograph the whole family, which includes the dog. Um, yet having the dogs section on my website, um, it helps cause it makes them think about the dog like, oh yeah, well we were just thinking about have our kids photographed, but the dog is important. So it, it, it reminds people that the dog is important totally <laughs> and needs to be included. And also if you do include the dog in the family shoot, everybody will have a better time. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> it's better for everybody. It's so true. I've had a yeah. dog, I guess now for seven years and it's my first dog, but I didn't realize like what a tribe it is to be like a dog person. 
And when I yeah. started putting dog pictures in my own company, I'm an event planner, like in my own feed. Now, seven years later, like all of our clients are like, how's Francis? Like we have a dog, look at our dog. It's a total like bonding thing that happens. So I do think it does, it does mm-hmm. help if someone comes to your site for weddings and they're like, oh, she shoots dogs. Well, she must be, mm-hmm. she must be cool. Well, it also, you know, for me, it weirded out, it like weeded out the weird clients because anybody who does not like dogs. Yeah, no, you know, like, you don't want that, them. That is a red flag. So <laughs> That's so true. Unless they're that extra sad type of person who love animals but are allergic. That's just not right. That's not fair. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. I mean, like people who do not like dogs or do not want to look at pictures of dogs, like yeah, move along, so move along. They are not. They are just not calling me. <laughs> that's true. If you had to spend an afternoon shooting a family or a wedding or dogs, what would you choose? Um, it's going to be a family that includes the dog. Yeah, okay, nice. kids and dogs together. I, I, that's. Kind of my favorite thing is the kids and dogs together. I think kids and dogs are a good combo. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that too. Um, what do you think, if you could talk to yourself, you know, 10 years ago or however long it's been since you started, what would you tell yourself? You know, what advice would you give your your younger self? Oh, let me think about that for a second. Yeah, it's sort of tough. That's a tough question. I would need like an hour. I probably to would that. have raised my prices sooner. Raised mm. uh, raised my prices more sooner than I did. Yeah. Yeah, we all start off cheap, don't we? Yeah, which is appropriate. I mean, that makes sense. But I think that um, a lot of people, especially young women, don't usually don't feel comfortable asking for more money soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I got there, but it, there was there, you know, there were many years in the beginning where, uh, I probably could have raised my rates sooner. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It does. It does feel, it's like a weird thing to do just to assign yourself more value arbitrarily on something. Well, that's yeah. Subjective. And also most people have a nine to five job with a boss and they ask for a raise or they're offered a certain amount. And you know, you come out of college and to be self-employed, you have to kind of invent everything. And um, that's a different skill. Definitely. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Um, Do you feel like, I don't know, obviously, I don't know what your pricing is, but do you feel that you're, sorry, my dog barks sometimes. Everyone that listens to this podcast is used to that by this point. Um, do you feel like that where you're priced at now or that pricing at any point in your sort of, um, journey, how does your pricing affect the kind of clients that you get? Like, do you feel like as you get more expensive, like the clients that you're getting are different in, in any way? Um, I feel like that's interesting to people who are like contemplating. Yeah. So that was more of a, that was more of a, an issue with weddings than with families. Mm-hmm. Um, because with weddings, as I got busier, you know, all my Saturdays were booked. Yeah. And during the season. And so in order so that I wasn't so busy, I had to raise my rates. Um, and then I would, and then I was into a different kind of clientele because then they were mostly high-end weddings and really fancy 
so that they had a different vibe. Mm-hmm. But with families, um, I really haven't raised my rates in a while, and it's a completely different pricing structure because the actual shoot fee is low. The shoot fee is only $500 and the most of the income comes from product. Right. So they, they do the photo shoot and then about a week later they come over and see their photos and they place their order. And the lovely thing about that is that they can get a little or a lot. So depending on their bracket, where, you know, where, how, how much they have to spend it's okay if they don't get a lot. There's, they just, you know, like won't buy as many things. Or if they do have a big budget, they might get, um, like average would be they'll get an album, they'll get um, maybe one or two big wall prints and um, holiday cards, or maybe a couple of small prints as gifts for grandparents. Right. So that's like average. But then there are people who want to have, um, like maybe three or four albums because they want one for each set of grandparents. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice gift um, if you have the budget for it. And so it kind of doesn't lock anybody into, or, you know, then the, on the other end, there's people who, who can't afford that much and that's okay too. Like nobody is locked in. You see the photos and then you decide how much you want to get. So the real answer to your question is there's a, I have a huge range, you know, right with the family photography business, there's, there's definitely much more of a range. Whereas like with weddings, it's like, no, I only have so many Saturdays that are available. So I need a minimum booking right? Um, in order for this, for this wedding to make sense. I need like, I need a minimum booking, you know, and I had like, and also like there was like an eight hour minimum. And if somebody only wanted two or three hours of coverage, I couldn't do it on a Saturday, maybe on a Wednesday. I could. Sure. Um, yeah. So, that makes sense. So I, this is one reason I, one other of many reasons I like shooting kids is that, is that, you know, I can do it during the, uh, during the week. It's, it can be on a weekday and take, and, and it, it gives me the freedom to take this, the smaller job that'll have a smaller sale because it's not impinging on my ability to also do the bigger jobs. You know, it can be, it can still be scheduled in. Right. And it's more a matter of how much product do they want. So there's a pretty big range there. Totally. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it is true, like some people approach the wedding industry as why is everything wedding more expensive? And that is a part of it is there's only so many Saturdays in the summer or whatever season, wherever you live. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, they're, they're, they're a hot commodity for that reason. Yeah. I mean, I had, I remember I would, I don't get this with, with the, uh, you know, I don't get this with, with, um, the family photography business, but with weddings, I would act, I would occasionally have consults with people who said, why is it so expensive? And I'd be like, cause I was too busy. I had to raise my rates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, cause I can, I mean, I don't know. How do you answer that? Yeah, exactly. You know, because that's what I decided I wanted to charge. Because so. I can, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's subjective. It's like, well, you know, if you don't think it's worth that much, you should probably not hire me and find somebody that is a better fit for you. Like, I just, 
you know, it's very difficult to explain the why. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And I have found in my years, too, um, if people ask you. There's the cat. Oh, is that your cat? Yeah. What's his name? Her name is Coyote. Oh, good name. She's kind of famous. My Instagram feed is mostly my cat and my dog. I'm going there immediately. Yeah. So it's Cooperberg on Instagram. I see the orange cat, right? Uh, she's like a brown tabby. I she's used a to Devin have an orange cat. Oh, I see the yeah. Devin, Devin Rex. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah. I used to have an orange cat as well. Don't, um, you know, don't ask me for any tips on marketing because I use my whole Instagram feed for my dog and cat and there's no client work on there. I feel like you and I might get along. <laughs> <laughs> I managed, I've managed to put some work photos in my work Instagram feed now and then. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. She's beautiful. Everybody. Cooperberg on Instagram. Devin Rexes are cool. That's a cool breed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, I found when people ask or push back on rates, if you just be confident and say like, this is, this is what I'm worth, you know, maybe we're not the right fit. Then they always come back and say, okay. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. If you right. actually, if you give some give and you discount your rates, it kind of takes something away from you, you know, in their eyes too. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it affects your brand. Then you become Kmart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it also seems like kind of weird as to why you quoted the amount you quoted in the first place if it's flexible. So yeah. I feel like good about saying like, no, this is what we cost. This is what we're worth. There's other planners out there that are cheaper and, you know, you should shop around. And then they always yeah. come back and say, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with planners. They, there's a big range mm-hmm. of, of things um, you can charge. Yeah. And like a I photographer, the- it's hard to quantify, you know, because it's, it's creativity and it's organization and it's, it's all these things that are kind of intangible and experience. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. you just have to decide what you're worth and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're coming to Sweden. You're going to talk to the people. We're about a month away. Have you thought about what you're going to talk about yet? Yeah. You know, the thing that people most ask me about is um, how to interact with children. So the um the work i do is not strictly documentary nor, nor is it very posed so it feels like an editorial style which is loosely directed and there's kind of a an art to that and the way i think of it is like it's not strict pj so what i do is i go into I don't want to give away too much because I want people to listen to the thing. Yes, but definitely. <laughs> I, I think of it as like improvisational theater where I'll go into the house and decide where we're going to be. Like I want to be in the, in the area with good light. Of course, I'm, yeah. I'm very, pick, I'm very picky about that. Um, I'm not the kind of person that will just say, oh, well, you're in the – basement with one fluorescent light. Let's just shoot here because this is where you happen to be. I will definitely decide where the good light is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, background, like yeah, I'll kind of set up where we're going to be. But then that's like the stage, you know. So it's, it, you know, it's kind of like 
we're doing this improvisational theater and I'm the director and this is the stage. So right. you guys get to do whatever you want, but you have to stay on the stage. Like you can't leave the stage. We're going right. to have fun. And, and then I basically play games with them. Um, so I'm definitely interacting with them, but what I'm not doing is micromanaging. There's not going to be every hair in place. I definitely don't, you know, I'm like not telling anybody strictly what to do. Um, or, uh, like don't ever tell a kid to smile. Like that just like, that doesn't even work for adults. Like you can't can't elicit a really nice, um, you just can't elicit any emotion really by telling somebody to wear that emotion. Like, you know, like even a good actor, they, that's not how you direct them. So it's more important for me that they're having fun and that, they're um uh in that they're that they feel like themselves you know that's what's important to me and that's right. true with adults too that they that they feel like themselves and um uh it, it's there isn't that kind of um self-conscious thing right so with kids i'm just playing with them like i'm just kind of silly and we we do fun stuff and i keep it interesting and i don't try to get them to do anything they don't want to do because I like the same things they like so it usually works out well (laughs) fair (laughs) yeah have you ever had like a miserably like unhappy child that you had to turn it around with or like what do you do in that situation yeah that is that's a really good question that I get a lot too and that is usually a result of some fight they had with their parent before I ever showed up yeah for sure um, because under normal circumstances, every kid wants their picture taken like right. or at least doesn't mind having their picture taken mm-hmm. and most every kid likes attention so unless they're really shy and even a shy kid after a while will like attention. Right. Um, but if they're more like, you know, I don't want to do this. Um, if they're more like just very, very, well, first of all, I'm like, fine, you don't have to do it. You know, like I don't make anybody do anything, but I have noticed that when that happens and it's rare, it's the result of some fight. They were some power struggle they were in with their parents before I ever showed up. So in that case, um, it's really important, first of all, not to, you know, like, don't try to coerce them or talk them into it or anything like that. Um, I will throw the parents out, like, just, you know, just ask them, um, I'll just, I'll just like tell them they can take a break and that, um, they don't need to, um, be there. Yeah. And like send them in another room. And then hang out with the kid, or maybe it's a couple of kids, and one of them's one of them is not on board. And I'm like, fine, what do you want to do? And then kind of just see like what they're about. And it may be that um, I will take pictures of the other kid for a while, or and ask this kid, the one that's not on board, to be my assistant. Right. You know, which which they can do. Though most kids, they don't want to be in a picture. I'm like. I'm like, great. You don't have to be in the picture. I'm going to take pictures of, or, or of the dog or whoever, but I need an assistant who wants to help, you know, and, and they'll usually be on board for that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I'll give them a job. And usually the job is to um, make the other kid laugh, like tell jokes or, right. you know, like make a funny face, like to get the, or, you know, or something like it, um it's all improvisational. So it's hard to me, you know, like I have to know the kid, I have to meet the kid and kind of figure them out to, right. to tell you exactly what I would do. So it kind of depends on the situation. Sometimes they really just do need like a quiet moment alone. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they just need like, okay, nobody's going to bother me. Nobody's going to make me do anything. Like j- just like to just settle in and realize that, I, you know, like, um, I'm friendly and I, you know, this isn't like a trip to the dentist where something painful is going to happen. This is like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I just do need a quiet moment. Sometimes um, I want to get in there and figure out what is it that they, what is it that maybe they were, you know, maybe they were working on their Lego model and the parents came in and yelled at them and said, put that away. The photographer's coming. You can't play with that right now. So right. now they're mad because they really wanted to fi- finish their Lego model. So like, if I can figure that out, then I'm like, Hey, show me your Lego thing. You know, like let's work on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it's just a matter of figuring out what is their thing that they like mm-hmm. and how can I like be their ally in that and be on board with that. And once we do that, then usually eventually they come around and they're curious and interested enough because really everybody, both kids and adults, they, everybody does want a good picture of themselves and (laughs) wants to be in a picture and, you know, appreciates the attention. It's so true. I feel like that was useful for me even as a wedding planner, because I have a lot of like flower girls and, and ring bearers at the back of the aisle before the ceremony starts that, you know, sometimes that can go a little sideways. But I have Mm -hmm. noticed if you can give those kids a job or a focus, Mm -hmm. whether it's like being my assistant and keeping everyone in line or whatever it is, um, then they really, they really rise to that, like being given something to do rather than just standing around and waiting. Well, plus, you know, being a flower girl or a ring bearer can be a setup where, they don't really know what their job, like they don't even know what a wedding is, especially yeah. <laughs> if they're four or younger. Totally. They've never been to a wedding. They don't understand what the wedding even is. And they're told to walk down the aisle with everybody staring at all these bunch of people they don't know are staring at them. Yeah. And they're supposed to go alone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe one of their parents is at the front, but they got to like walk down this long aisle by themselves with a bunch of like maybe a hundred people staring at them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not really sure why. And the, the other thing that happens is that as soon as they start down the aisle, everybody starts laughing. Like, whether they, if they screw up, people think it's cute. And if they don't screw up, people think it's cute. It's like, whatever the kid does, everybody starts laughing. And then they're like, well, you know, like that's a setup, you know, (laughs) it's like, it was like like a nightmare. (laughs) No. Right. Anybody who can like keep straight down that line and keep walking is like, you know, that takes a lot. That's a lot to ask. It's so true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a bit like older, it's good, but you know, the really little ones, it's like what you know, really confusing. Yeah, definitely. That's a setup. I'm gonna steal that line from you. That's funny. (laughs) 
Um, okay. No, but you've seen it, right? Like they oh, step yeah. down the aisle and everybody starts laughing. And then they're like, shit, now on top of this, I, I'm being laughed at. Yeah, like, what? I'm just standing here. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? Even, if, even if they're doing it right, people still giggle and, and uh, totally. Yeah. Make a little to do about it. Even if they're just walking totally. perfectly. Yeah. And like, yeah. heaven forbid they should stop for a second. Yeah. It's true. Cause then everyone starts totally laughing. That sounds terrible. I don't know why we make our kids do this. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm talking about like four and younger, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a setup. Yeah, we try it's to send. I try to send the young ones with an older one, so at least they're not, yeah. you know, totally alone. But yeah, I like that. Or but least, give know. me a give me a dog ring bearer any day of the week. I had a. I've had so many <laughs> highly successful dogs down aisles. I had a really fun one this year where I had to like bring the dog. Everyone's already at the front and it was like ring time. And I got to like release the dog at the back of the aisle and he ran up the aisle and it was so great. Oh yeah. Right. Dogs are easier. It's just like cookie go (laughs) that way. Right. Totally. totally. (laughs) Right. And they don't care if everybody's laughing. They think it's great. Now, speaking of like standing in front of a bunch of people with people staring at you, have you done speaking like what you're going to do with way up North before? Yes. Like a million times. Yeah. Not nervous at all? No. Okay. That's less interesting. I don't even think it's that <laughs> people. This is more like for the for the recording, right? Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be weird. It's not going to be very many people in studio, but, you know, there'll be lots of people watching potentially. Do you feel like that's different than standing in front of a big a big crowd in person? I have no idea. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I mean, how many people could be watching? I think it will feel intimate and it will feel less stressful. Yeah, right. Because I'll be able to actually see the people I'm talking to. Yes. Have you ever had like a bad moment on stage when you're doing a speaking engagement like this? Oh, I've had technical difficulties. That's oh, yeah, that, embarrassing. That'll happen. But yeah. that's, that's not your fault. Oh, no. Sometimes it's my fault. Like I dropped a... Oh, actually, this wasn't my fault. But, you know, like I'll drop one time I dropped a QuickTime video into it. This is boring, right? You don't need it. Let me just say, <laughs> it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. And then it's like, okay, you know, like pause everything, get the video up. And then I have like a minute where I'm supposed to kind of like fill in the time and be entertaining. So, uh, yeah, you know, I had, I had to kind of wing it. Right, right, right. And that's why Cole so wants stuff everyone's like that has happened. presentations uh-huh. early. They said, and that's why Cole wants everyone's presentations early because he's highly mortified by technical difficulties. So that's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and that has happened more than once. That's that has happened occasionally. Or like I was, I had it all set up on my laptop and it was good and it worked fine. And then the last minute we decided to put it on somebody else's laptop instead because yeah. that laptop was already hooked up to the projector. Yeah. So we transferred it over. And then in that somehow the keynote didn't work properly. Didn't work. So okay. I feel you. Not a good idea. Not ideal. Yeah. I think between you and me and like whoever listens to this, we've never had a way up North with zero technical difficulties. And so for me, cause I'm like stage managing slash producing the show, it is horrible when something like that happens. And you know, it's usually something totally beyond preparation or control, you know, something just was messed up with the file or something like that, that worked fine when we tested it, but it's always, it's always embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, and then Cole beats me later. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't, (laughs) but he probably wishes he could. Um, Are you good with that technical stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's not totally foreign to me, but uh, I do feel like technology can have a mind of its own. Like I said, you can test something and it'll be perfect and fine. And then in the moment when you need it to be perfect and fine, it isn't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It happens. Um, okay. Anything else you can think of about Anna Cooperberg that people might not know, but would be interested to know or that you want them to know or don't want them to know? Um, well, Oh, you know what is very interesting is that I we did immigrate from Poland, but I grew up mostly in Alabama. Most people don't know that. Oh, so you're not a West Coast raised. No, but I've been here a long time. I in San Francisco is here. Um, I grew up in a small town called Auburn, Alabama, which is a college town, and my parents are professors. Oh, interesting. What do they What do they teach? Math. Oh wow. Okay, and you ended yeah. up in an artistic endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, my brother's a math professor too. <laughs> That's so funny. Are you the black sheep or do they love it? Kinda. No, they love it. But yeah, it, it, somebody needed to do something different. There's too many people doing the same thing. Fair. So when did you end up in San Francisco then? It's been 25 years. So you came with the family? I From- came by myself. Okay. So are they still in Alabama or where is your family? They, they are. And they bought a second house in Atlanta. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm thinking you're thinking I'm younger than I am, but I came out here to go to grad school. Hey, I don't ask people their age. That is right. Not right. No, I didn't. Do. I did not come 25 years ago with my parents. That okay. Not noted. noted. <laughs> Wait, you're not 30. Wait, no. Um, okay. And so You've been there for 25 years and you think you will stay there. Oh yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't have the Alabama sound. Like, could you, if you yeah, want to, you know, I do when I'm, I do when I go back there, but part of being an immigrant, I think, and having, you know, had three languages by age three is that I kind of became a chameleon. So I did have an accent. I lost it when I went to college. I went to college in St. Louis and I tend to pick up the accent of whatever, wherever I am. Yeah. I was going to say you sound a hundred percent like Northern California, California. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm kind of a chameleon because I don't like, you know, uh, I, I just have that ear for language and I don't want to like I kind of want to assimilate where I, <laughs> I just want to fit in I just want to blend it I just kind of assimilate wherever I am right, so right. when I go back there then the accent comes back stronger I like it I feel like yeah. I want I want you to say something to me like an Alabaman would no, maybe you, maybe at the con when we're drunk, we'll do that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. You get me drunk. Okay. I'm not gonna do that on the podcast. All right, well, I'll <laughs> let you get back to your day, and thank you so much for for sharing some thoughts with us. Okay, thanks, Erin. Look forward to seeing you in Stockholm. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye, Anna. Okay, bye. bye.